on the move. Little dance step was good. Couple of bounces. Can take it himself. And launch long. Inspirational. Time ticking away. Stop it. Silvani! What about that? Mackay, Mackay! Two in a minute. And they are dancing now, the Blues. Almost Mackay. Walsh, here he is. Straightens up and has delivered. Is there nothing this young man can't do? Hello and welcome to the Navy Blue Corner. I'm Ian. I'm joined as always by my good mate, Lockie. And, geez. Carlton have gone down by four points to our arch rivals Collingwood, and the, the the real big story of the game is obviously the injury to Jacob Weedering. It, it's almost yep. pretty much overshadowed the loss. Now, Lockie, how are you? How are you feeling about it all? Well, recording this on a lovely Tuesday evening, had a few days to digest where I've gotten all my kind of doom scrolling out of the way. So I'm actually feeling reasonably positive and optimistic. But um, it's been a grim couple of days. It really has. And, yeah, I think that immediately after, there's obviously that bit of depression that sinks in when you realize you're not going to have weedering for quite a while and mm. you've just lost to, to Collingwood. I think our, my immediate reaction was pretty much that of, what can you do? Let's keep going. We've shown so much this season. Uh, our back is in and... Weirdly, mm. I feel like I'm the opposite. The longer that it's gone, the more I'm just sulking, particularly because I know we don't have a match for another week. We've got the bye, so we can't immediately just come out there and show something. So we've kind of got to yeah. sit in it for a little bit. Um, yep. Do you have any like key points straight away from that game? Because <sighs> some people are coming out and saying, oh, you can't just blame the injury. I think you can. Um, <laughs> but apart from the apart from the weedering injury, which we're obviously going to, go into in depth were there any sort of key parts or other issues that you saw us sort of happen throughout the game that that led to this loss well you can put this you know you can put a large part of this down to the injury or not but i think it's pretty clear to everybody that the brand of football that we were playing was just totally different to what we've seen Mm. in recent times Uh, i've seen a lot of people talking about that and that's how it felt at the game like i just kept kind of thinking to myself with this just doesn't look like the Carlton that we know over these past couple of months and credit to Collingwood for doing that. Maybe part of our game plan is starting to become known and kind of the, the, the ways to get under our skin and beat us are becoming clearer as the season goes on. But look, yeah, hopefully this will be a good contrast if you and I are both in kind of different moods. I think for me, uh, we sat here a few weeks ago on top of the world and and I had and we had to say that there's going to come a time in the season we're not going to win every game and we're going to slip up at some point and there's lots of reasons why this happened but I guess the, it was kind of inevitable that we were going to have some kind of loss where we were going to feel like this um, and like you said the weathering thing has just kind of overshadowed it um, because that you know is going to affect the season mm. going forward but that's how I guess I'm feeling at the moment but. Yeah, was there anything big from the game for you apart from waiters that you want to touch on to open with? Yeah, well, look, the obviously waiting injury was primarily what I put the game down to, and I'll go into that in a little bit. Probably the other issues yeah. that were there, it kind of stemmed from that a little bit, but I, I just felt the way we were actually kicking was incredibly poor. Some of the options mm-hmm. that we were we were looking at and executing just it wasn't there like it has been other weeks. Some you can put that down yep. to a little bit of Collingwood's pressure. I know they were really 
bringing that bringing that heat in that midfield, which was yeah. a little bit upsetting to see that we weren't able to dominate their midfield as much. Does that come down to the change with with Kennedy, with Cripps having to ruck a little bit? There are all sort yeah. of things you can throw it at. But I, I just felt like the way we weren't able to handle their midfield. We weren't looking to take the game on at stages. It almost feels like there's these little mm-hmm. trends in our losses where we go slow, but instead of trying to go slow and find the little kicks to break the opposition apart, it's we're slow and then it's long down the line and we'll just absolutely devoid of ideas. And it, when we don't have that tall outlet kick, what are you going to expect by going down the wing? It's just not going to happen for you. And we yep. you know, failed to, to nullify Collingwood's midfield, as I said. They got out far too often, got hurt wide on the spread. The bottom yep. six wasn't up. Like there's so many of those things that have been really good for us in our wins that for mm-hmm. whatever reason, I feel like everything that you can tick off that we've been talking about for the last month, they were all the reasons why for whatever reason this week, we just, uh, we couldn't get it done. I agree with all of those points. And uh, like the whole using injuries as an excuse thing is it's always like a hot topic and some people use it freely as an excuse and other people just swear to not use it. But just, I, I think it's worth saying that I think we would have won this game if Wearing got injured. Like, uh, it didn't get injured. Didn't. And to a similar, <laughs> yeah. didn't get injured. And to a similar point, maybe if say more went down as well mm. as Wearing, we would have won. So yeah, it's a game of inches and you can't use it as an excuse and we're not like, well, is it an excuse? Yeah, I will. I, I will. <laughs> I, I guess what your definition depends on your definition of excuse is because I think we would have won if we did have weathering because it just completely changed how we looked. Yeah, I saw. I saw. I can't remember who said this, and maybe I'm I'm getting the quote wrong, but it was along the lines of like we're not we're not even using like we're not even using injuries as an excuse. It's like the injuries are just a fact now. Of course, and we've been talking about how good the last few weeks have been. Primarily because we've been backs against the wall. We haven't had so much key cattle that if you look at most mm-hmm. clubs out there, and I had so many debates with with mates and whatnot this week, and it was really frustrating me trying to talk to opposition supporters. Yeah. Because I just and it's been the week for that particular on Twitter. There's been a lot of things, but just seeing how delusional I find most people are that you can't have a civil conversation about injuries. People immediately go, Oh, injuries, bring someone else in. But I mean, how many teams out there, barring West Coast, have number one key forward out, number one ruckman out, now number one key defender out, second key defender's gone, our intercept defender is gone. There's no other tall on the list that can go down back except for Lewis Young. You can maybe count Brody Kemp, but does that count? All the other depth is injured yep. as well. You're playing with TDK as your only ruck, Harry, um, Charlie as your only forward, Young is your only defender, and there's no one really to come in to fix that. Now, you take that away from most teams, take away a, a key midfielder in Kennedy. Now, you can say he's the fourth best midfielder or whatever, and that's fine, but you take that out yep. as well. It's going to be hard to win games of footy. It might not be the only reason you lose, and you can probably still find some ways to win, but I think probably the big thing for me, and it was it was oddly enough going to be something I was going to touch on, whether we won or lost. It was something, little uh-huh. narrative I, I was going to bring almost to define how good we have been with the losses. But it's ended up working in my favor in a way. And it was going to be talking about Melbourne. Who did they lose on the weekend? And then everything fell to shit. They lost May. 
And then all of a sudden, a game they were controlling, system kind of goes. And even them, they have two other tools down there that they probably should have been able to deal with it. We can tell how much losing a key pillar during a game costs teams. I think Melbourne's the perfect example. And you kind of saw on the weekend how much that then affected every other facet of our game. And sometimes you can you can plug guys into holes, but when there's no guys left to to step up, I just don't know what you can do. Well said. I, I completely agree with everything you say. Um, and I guess, yeah, you have to differentiate between looking at this game and then looking at kind of the season as a whole because some people say, oh, well, it's poor list management. The fact that we don't have all these tools and people say some of our tools are injury prone and we're injured going into the season and that sort of thing. And that's a whole nother conversation. But just looking at this game in isolation, the team that we put on the park is so far from our best healthy 22. And then to lose arguably our most important player at that stage, it's got to be a factor in a four point loss that, well, how would you be feeling if uh, if that sauce sausage oh. went through? We'd be having a whole different conversation. Five on we the would, drop. yeah. And like to a degree, yeah. Of course, you can blame the um, the the list management, and I agree. It's a completely different conversation. What what I really want to bring it back to as well is just we've seen how good we have been able to be when we get an injury to a key player. It's something we've credited all year, and then yeah. the next week we're able to. Because you have a week to, to plan, to strategize exactly. on how you sort this out, you can kind of nullify the effects that that injury has. When it happens in the game and you can't just bring someone in and you can say, oh, should we have had Kemp as the sub? Should we have had someone else? What do you like? It's just a, the hardest thing to try to think of before the game and expect and plan for. But when it happens and you don't have that play to come in and you're doing it on the fly, it was pretty clear that, we completely lost structure. We were panicking in that first quarter. And then we were just really fortunate, I think, that Collingwood were missing a lot of those key chances because we were just at sixes and sevens. Yeah. And when Weedering went down, I think, is there any little things from watching the game that you would have maybe tried differently when Collingwood were yeah. coming hard in that first quarter and we, we lost our, our key defender and, and a bit of structure? Yeah, well, like you said, if if someone could have grown at quarter time or something, that would have been big. <laughs> Uh, I don't know, Jack Carroll or someone wanted to put 10 or 15 centimetres on, that would have been helpful because it just felt like all over the ground. Like you said, with the, oh, I was thinking about it when I was watching the game there. We were going slow and we were so predictable with going long down the yeah. line. It was whichever side Tom was on or Charlie was on, mm-hmm. we were going there. Um, and it was just feeding into what they wanted so much with with Cox, who had a, a good game for them. Yeah. Um, and there are other tools as well. And yeah, and then they would get they were sending it back when the ball hit the ground. So what would I have changed? It's hard. It's hard. I actually don't have anything that comes to mind. So I'm I'm interested to hear yeah. what you say. Because the hard the other other hard part, and people don't like this cop out, but I, I learned on it before. This game, I was about to pop a lung when Charlie put that goal through at the end. This was an inch away from a win. And yeah. I know that we would still have the things to, to improve on. But to that point, it's like the, the way that we came at them right at the end was due to the way that we were lining up at that stage mm. and taking the risks and going corridor and that kind of thing. So I guess if we maybe tried to do that mindset and game plan more throughout the game instead of going into our shell is the only yeah. thing that really comes to mind for me. 
Because what I'm interested to hear what you think. What 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 could we have done? The first thing that I was unfortunately I wasn't able to be at the game, which maybe ended up being a good mm. thing. I was pretty ill during the <laughs> weekend. By the time I, I was able to look for tickets, thinking I was actually going to be okay, it was level four, one row from the back yeah. for forty bucks, and I just went, oh, "Gee, I probably better." just given this one a, a couple more days off and getting right for the potty. And I think watching mm. it at home, I was just screaming at the tally going, just, I get it, boys. You're panicking because you're trying to change things and it's it's mayhem and Collingwood are playing really well. But all yep. I was thinking was just get your hands on the footy because we were almost, when the pressure was coming and things were a bit frantic, Collingwood were playing at a pace, playing at a fast tempo, we were yep. almost trying to match that tempo. And then as soon as we made one mistake, it was just everything's open. And I just I just thought that and it's it's so easy to say, it's hard to do when you're in that moment. But all I was thinking was, gee, if we could just get someone with a bit of composure to just take a mark, find an easy option, and just go, boys, let's just calm this game down for about five minutes. Play keepings off for a little bit. Don't worry yeah. about attacking. The goals can come. Just literally take the sting out of the game, take the pace off it, and just calm things down. And we eventually did that. It took a while for us to do so. And then Mm. we kind of readjust. And in that second quarter, you could see us after we had taken that sting out, then we started to play our way. And I just, if we could, it's so hard to say, but yeah, if we could have tried to do that a little bit earlier, I just felt that things would have maybe gone our way because, yeah, Collingwood's pressure, they were bursting through us able to send us really wide and it, it was just it, it's hard to, it's hard to change yeah no i agree with you that that when that shift happened and when we were doing that is when i felt like we were the carlton that we have mm. you know grown to love over these past couple of months because yeah it's it's when we look to be playing our best footy i think mm. even when we're we're on top of the opposition so yeah 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 I also I also found that there were times where, and this was sort of throughout the game, did you think that we were overusing the footy and trying to be a little bit too perfect and cute at times? Uh, well, it's, if I said so, I maybe would be contradicting my, my previous point because I felt like, I feel like the ball use is how we can pick through the, the gaps yeah. in, in a game like this, but I see your point. Yeah, it was mainly that, because I, I love us taking on the game, going through the corridor, but there were just a few times where you could feel like the Collingwood pressure and you could see that we were struggling. And in instead of just going, okay, having a bit of game awareness, going, we can't lose the ball in the position of the field that we have it right now. Because if we do, they're going to run through us. We're open on the counter. And there were just a few times that we tried that extra handball, tried that extra cute kick, instead of just the smart thing of just send it deep into our forward line. And and this isn't like a long down the line. We sort of had the ball at that halfway point, just a little bit over where if you just get that territory, at least if you turn the ball over, you kind of have a little bit of time to set up. And I was just Mm. frustrated a few times that I think the pressure maybe got to us and we were just trying a little too hard to get out of the danger. Instead of just bombing it long, we're into the forward line where – you know you've got those small pressure forwards and that's been such a big thing over that past month, getting it in deep, getting it in long and then trying to keep it there. And uh, at times we just weren't giving those forwards the opportunity when we probably should have. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. Um, 
However, like when when I was watching it, there was times where I was like, oh, "Why aren't we lowering our eyes?" And we are going yes. long. And I didn't and I didn't feel in this game that the smalls were up to maybe the standard that they have been in recent times. Yeah. So it's kind of like, yeah, again, so hard because mm. I'm the same as you. I'm like, why why aren't we just getting it in long? Why are we being too cute? And then also when we go in long and it doesn't work, why aren't we lowering our eyes and looking for a better option? Yeah. Yeah. It was a little it was it was a real disjointed performance. And that was probably the frustrating part to it. And I do want to touch on the injuries and, and things like that a little bit more, but I'll, I'll get to that a little bit later. I reckon you, you've okay. kind of segued us perfectly into talking about those small forwards because yeah, I, I just didn't feel like they had the same effect on the game, same influence. Is that how you saw majority of that game? Definitely, definitely. Um, it just felt like, yeah, when you look at the names, it's like if this ball hits the ground, we should be at least coming away with it half the time mm. and, and getting a shot on goal or a good option. And it just didn't feel like that. Um, surprising to me, honestly, looking at the sheet that Dirds had seven touches, I felt yep. like I felt like he was actually in it more than that, um, but yeah, when, when you when you when I think about the impact of and I'll kind of put Carol in that boat as like a, a lower disposal yep. kind of you know the pressure kind of guy, Carol Dirt's Motlop, and then always with the two good goals in the last quarter, um, just wasn't enough. Mm. I thought. Yeah, I agree with you as well. Like when the ball hit the ground. The amount of times that the Collingwood small defenders just picked it apart and and got it right. going, and they absolutely they have good players down there. Like you've got your Maynards, Quaynor, Noble, Chris. Yep. Like they have so many of those players that if they pick it up, they're good to go, and they will run out there and hurt you. And the forward pressure has been probably the the hallmark of our game, knowing that we don't have those tools. Thought our our tools did enough to get the ball down, but we just, yeah. I don't know, for whatever reason, they just weren't there at the fall of the ball. They weren't putting that pressure down. And I have some of their yeah. stats and it's weird. It, it maybe doesn't look as bad when you just read the stats. It sort of confused me a little bit because you've got Durden with the seven disposals, which is maybe a little bit low, kicks the goal, has two tackles, six pressure acts. So probably wasn't putting enough pressure on, but mm-hmm. still has a couple of tackles there, which isn't too bad. Always with the nine disposals, the two goals, and I reckon that saves him that last quarter effort because I don't reckon Me he was too. near it a lot before then. Four tackles, 18 pressure acts. And then Motlop, seven disposals, gets the one goal, the one tackle, 15 pressure acts. So stats-wise, it weirdly doesn't seem maybe as bad. They were kicking goals, getting a couple of tackles, fair few pressure acts there, but it just... It just didn't seem right when you're watching it, watching it with your own eye. I I didn't get them. I probably should have, but I, I reckon if you look at a lot of the stat winners for Collingwood that particularly led to scores, I reckon it was really starting with those with those small defenders from them. Yeah, like you said about the the emphasis on keeping it in there. It it just felt like any time that we would manage to get the ball past halfway, get the ball in there, it's just mm. it's just coming straight out and there. Yeah. And they're doing it at pace and they're taking the risks. Um, and, yeah, and, and, you know, I don't know if frantic is the right word, but it, that they felt like yeah. they were doing that, but it was controlled. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and probably the big hallmark of our our month, apart from just the small forwards, it's been that bottom six, those bottom few players that are yeah. starring. I think they all struggled again. You sort of talk about 
those three forwards that maybe didn't do it. And I, I can probably put these three names in there. And there, it's a bit of a, a theme with them. Obviously, Carroll comes on as the sub, and I'm not going to hang him out to dry. It's his fourth game. He's still really yeah, young. Of course. But yeah, just wasn't a good day for him. Definitely his worst game for us, and probably the, yeah. <laughs> one of the worst games I've seen in a while. I had the eight disposals. Five of them were turnovers, which is never what you want to see. Just looked a little off the pace. I don't know what was going on. Was it trying to change a role for him? Did he was he mm. was he just not mentally ready? Not sure, but it was, it was a bit of a struggle. Cottrell. So I've heard some people say they liked his game. I think you look at his stats. He had the fifteen disposals, yeah. but when at fifty three percent, when the last few weeks he's been using it really well. Last week, he had three rebound 50s. This week, he has zero. So he wasn't able to get that run for us going. And for, for the most part, he was on you know side bottom who dominated yeah, us say. the other way. And he wasn't able to stop his influence. And I thought he just got towed up there. And then Nunes had the 15 disposals. But I, I didn't really notice him out there doing a lot. It was really those outside sort of players, those bottom six or so that we couldn't get going for whatever reason. And I feel like all their opponents were the, the match winners in a way. It surprises me that Nunes had that much of the ball. Like you said, I mm. did can't say I noticed him that much. Um, and uh, I think the side bottom call is spot on. I really, I've watched a fair bit of Collingwood this year and have not been impressed with that oh. man. And all the Collingwood mates that I have, I'm, I'm saying like surely, surely he's going out of the side soon. Yeah, um, and he looked like he was 24 again in this game with the way that he was getting wide um, and creating that option. And yeah, we just weren't doing a good enough job of manning up on him on the wings. Yeah, is there anything that you think that these players can do differently that we've seen them do the last few weeks? Is it a down to just a bad week, or, or like how do we <sighs> try to get better out of these bottom players? Because we've seen it work and we've seen it not work. Is there a way to get more consistency through them? Well, it's this thing that we've said, like it's in each of our losses, this is the result. So uh, are we losing because of their their weaker performances or is this just the nature of being in a losing side, like yeah. having the, the, those guys, it happened like that? Because, God, you, you look at the, the guys at the top every single week, yeah. they're, they're putting in these performances. And so I don't know, like, yeah, I, I don't have the mm. answer. Such a hard question. Yeah, oh, I definitely was. And I didn't necessarily have one either because we just – we could not get the ball on the outside the whole game. No. And another one that probably been one of our best players the last month, didn't think we found ways to get him involved. And that was like Zach Fisher. He was another yeah. one that has been so good for us and I just didn't really feel much of his influence in this game. And it's, it's just so yeah. frustrating where they hurt us so much out wide and they're such a team that they love to handball quickly. They love to spread laterally. And I felt that the way our, our width players have been playing, O'Brien and Cottrell, Nunes, Fisher, I thought yeah. we could match them out wide, but it just, it, it wasn't happening. And it maybe goes to my next sort of point, talking about the injuries that maybe this hurt us a little bit. I, I felt that I feel like we're now starting to sacrifice too much with these injuries and I'll go into it here because I think mm -hmm. it's worth talking about when, when we do mention these injuries, because, okay, so we don't have our key Ruckman. So yeah. we're bringing in TDK into the Ruck. And so now you're losing the hit outs, which is fine. I think he's done an okay job, 
Yep. But okay, how are we going about it for the second ruck? We're sacrificing JSOS's forward game, which has been really good, and bringing yep. him up to ruck. So now we're sacrificing a bit in the forward line. We've also done this thing that is, okay, Cripps goes in the ruck and TDK mm-hmm. sprints forward. Basically, the idea is we don't have this forward because Harry's not there. So to, mm-hmm. sa- <laughs> so to sacrifice the yep. ruck, we're putting Cripper in there to get a forward. But then we're also sacrificing the clearance game because not only are we not winning the hit now, Cripper is now taken away, which is a massive part of our clearance game. Yep. And it, we just keep sacrificing. It's like, it's just so frustrating. We just keep doing these little sacrifices. And I feel like we're finally getting stretched too much. And then when we lost Weedering, I could see our wings. They were almost dropping back a little bit to try to help defend and almost try to outnumber. But then we were allowing Collingwood mm. that width. We were allowing Sidebottom to basically play on his own because we were trying to get drawn further back. And it was just another thing where we're, we're what robbing Peter to play pay Paul, I think is the uh, <laughs> the phrase. But I love that it just doesn't seem to be working. And again, I thought that probably one thing that we were losing out there was we, we didn't have Kennedy, and he was yep. really really good at. It's not just the clearance stuff because I think that Dow did okay in that, and I'd love to ch- touch on him at some stage. But it's also Absolutely. we lost his marking around the ground, particularly when we are a little bit smaller, pretty much everywhere. And he dominated yeah. in the marks last week as well. I think in the first quarter, he had like three or so marks just out of nowhere. And we didn't really replace that. We didn't bring in a Jack Martin that could add some height. So I guess what are you making about us sacrificing in every little different position <laughs> to try to fix them? Is it is it working? Is there anything that you'd just completely try and change there? Yeah. No, well, you've articulated it incredibly well, I think. it's It's spot on. I mean, the only thing that I feel like you can change is either manipulating different players in the side to do those roles. Mm. So whether it's, you know, put someone that's going to be even worse at the ruck than Cripper, but allow yeah. him to have his role again, or you, you, you're you taking the weaker players out of the side and trying mm. to replace them with the with more like-for-like. Like. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that's probably where we're going to head as we go past the buy, because we're running mm. out of options in these, in some of these places. Um, I know yeah. we're going to talk about the mid-season draft, but you know it might get to this stage where we're not playing our healthiest best twenty-two. Mm. Uh, sorry, yeah, our healthiest best twenty-two, but looking more about the fit and not trying to change roles. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, you, you say it well. Because mm, the big one that I'm starting to get pretty frustrated with is just seeing Cripper in the ruck where. Like I get what they're trying to do, and I think it works now and then to just okay get get someone else. Yeah, but just, you know, <laughs> get someone else in the ruck and then shoot TDK forward. I like the strategy, but when you're not winning the ball at the contest, which is what we weren't doing in this game, that's when it was. That's when I felt it really hurt us. It was those little moments where you're just going, "Gee, we just need to. All we need to do here." win the contest, send it forward. Because if we lose it, we're gone. We don't have the defensive power without Jacob Wiedering down there. We don't have mm. the tools. The key to winning this game is getting that ball forward. And then you're sacrificing your best clearance player just to so you have an extra tall down there. I just, I didn't like it. I didn't think that that was the smartest use of the, the players that we did have. And, and you've seen mm. the last few weeks that Cripper hasn't had that influence because he hasn't been around the ball and we've been lucky that other players have been able to step up. 
And like you said, we've loved it in the wins because it works. But then when you're struggling to win that contest, you're losing the games of footy. I just think that mm. you can't be sacrificing those key components to your game. You've almost got to go, okay, well, what are our strengths? It's our contested winning ball. Keep that because that's the only thing that's going to win you that football game and hope everything else can can work itself out. I'd also, sorry, I also didn't even think that if we won the ball, TDK was having that much influence ahead of the ball that it was really no. getting him down there. No. Well, that's a good point as well. Uh, I was just going to say, Jack Noons, mate, get a land of uh, Sauce's shin pad. Get in there. <laughs> Take some taps. Uh, oh, but no. yeah, no, you make good. You make a good point about about TDK. I guess. I guess mm-hmm. part of it, maybe about rest as well. Uh, yeah. But yeah, no. In terms of being damaging, yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's not ideal. Yeah. Were there any other key parts or any sort of talking points about this game that, that you wanted to touch on, whether it was positive or negative? Yeah. I'll, I'll just quickly touch on because you mentioned it briefly before about the the forward tools doing their role. In yep. bringing the ball to ground, then it was kind of the smalls not living up to their end of the bargain. Um, yeah, I just want to give uh, just a bit of love to Kerno because oh, he is like <laughs> he's delivering week in, week out now of what we expect, and he does it in different ways, like in DWS, like just get the ball to ground, mm. or it's him kicking six goals in a half. Um, he's insane. It's yeah, he's just doing a great job, and like I'm not even going to put the next that next sentence into the ether. He just what did he kick this week? So I'm just getting my stats up. That's why I'm looking yeah. away from the camera. If you're watching on YouTube, I'm not ignoring Lockie when he's talking <laughs> to me. Um, yeah, he kicks the four goals too, which is just miraculous. The fact that yeah. going in, I was a, I was a little bit nervous because not that I think Darcy Moore is a, a great player, but we know he can intercept. And the lack of any other tool down there, uh, I just, you just knew they were going to able to have two or three guys on him, and if if Moore mm. could get off the chain and be that loose player, he'd intercept for fun. So for for us to get the ball down there to Charlie and for him to outbody for all all the game, be one of the main reasons we almost win that game of footy. Yeah. I I don't know what else to say about Charlie Curnow. He's just one of the greatest players ever. And I don't think I mentioned this last week, but one thing I'm starting to notice is when he kicks a goal, He's turning to the crowd, pointing, grabbing the jumper, trying to get everyone up and about. And I just love that. You can tell he just loves this football club and he just wants everyone to get up and about and try and, you know, get us over the line. I love these little things from Charlie. Yeah. Uh, I de- and I definitely feel like that energy is infectious too. And we felt it, mm. probably felt it more in the, in the wins over the past few weeks. But I think those kind of things that him and Sauce and Stocks have in them, I think it, it mm. rubs off on everybody else. So we need more of it. Yeah, and I guess to kind of wrap up my little weedering defensive chat to drop off a lot of the negatives before we maybe try to talk about some positives is we've been so good at intercepting. We've been so good at keeping opposition from, I guess, scoring big scores. And unfortunately, in this game, we conceded 18 marks in our defensive 50 compared to we were able to to get nine. Um, So Collingwood conceded nine, we conceded 18, and that is – our most of the year for our last few wins, it's been 10 and under. So there's not been many games that we've conceded anywhere near 18. So it just kind of shows you how we weren't able to structure up. We lost that organization and that hurts you. And that just gives them so many chances on goal, which is what you saw throughout Mm -hmm. that game. And yeah, it's just disappointing. And also that six of their 11 goals came from Collingwood's defensive 50. So 
Yeah. That's not just Weedering's you know, absence. There's a clear issue there that our midfield and forwards weren't able to structurally hold up well because Collingwood were just running through us. And that kind of goes to what we were talking about earlier. It seemed like for long stretches of those games, particularly the first and sort of third quarters, we just weren't playing mm. <laughs> steal a David Teagueism. We weren't playing our way. And then <laughs> we we're just getting absolutely hurt on the outside. Yeah, well, you may have a better read on this than me, um, but uh, I would assume that a lot of those marks inside 50 would have been uncontested when they would get the outnumber, like they'd get a player at the back, they Mm. would outnumber us moving from defensive 50. Was there anything that you noticed there? Because you would know well and good, I haven't put myself Mm. through watching the replay of this game. So I don't know why that would be, but how many times did they get an option out the back? And it's like, how... Did this. How was there three people just streaming forward and no Carlton players in any defensive position? Yeah, it was pretty frustrating. I think some of it goes back to us trying to change things up, wingers trying to go too far back at some stages, which allows them to go wide, and then you have to push up and all of a sudden just comes over you. I don't yeah. know exactly what it was down to, but, yeah, they, they hurt us. They hurt us at the contest, which has been our, our bread and butter. And I'm not, I can't put my finger on what it was. Yeah. But I mean, I just have to say credit to them because they, they beat us where they needed to and, and it hurt us. And it, clearly that's where a lot of their scores came from running through transition. We've seen it hurt us in a couple of games. Frio, they ran through us far too easy. We've just got to find a way to stop that in our losses when teams are starting to run through. We, we just need to be better. Yeah. I'm glad we have. I'm glad we have an extra week to regroup after all yes. this. But you're right. Thank if God. we if this was just a win, how much sweeter would it have been going through this buy period oh. on top of the absolute world? It just hits a little bit different with that week mm. off. So, yeah, yeah. Just if we stole a win with the injuries we have, go what nine and two into it. Instead, you're eight and three, which is still unbelievable. But yeah, if you steal that one against Collingwood, and, oh man, you know, did you, did you? Okay, I don't really care about this one too much but i think that the yeah. listeners will what do you make of the uh the non-paid free kick to, to sammy walsh at the end Did, does that oh, is that something that hurts you or are you just <laughs> saying it, whatever happens it's funny considering the like the end of the game free kick from the sydney richmond game as well like that was like the topic <laughs> the topic of the weekend was uh, yeah, is a free kick that isn't paid on this on the siren equal to a free kick not paid throughout the game? Um, which is, I guess, my stance on it. I think, like, people saying that it's not a free kick, I think, is ridiculous. But then people thinking that this is the only free kick that wasn't paid during the game is also ridiculous. Yeah. Is my yeah. Stance. Look, I, I mean, I didn't notice the free, free kick when it happened, so maybe that is my outlook. When when it happened, I wasn't there screaming at the TV thinking, oh, he smashed him high. Why are we not getting a free kick? So I didn't notice it until after the fact when I'd kind of already accepted the loss. Uh, It's frustrating. It's there. Does the umpire see it? I don't think he necessarily put his whistle away. I think he might have just Mm. missed it because it it was there, but it was a little innocuous, a little bit hard to see. I have a lot of different thoughts about the... uh, the Richmond Sydney game, I I think they're a little bit different in that sense. If you really want to go into it, but yeah, I'm interested to hear your take. But nah. no, we can we can change, mate. We've, <laughs> instead of talking about a loss, why don't we talk about this? Look, I just I had I finally tweeted on my personal account about this. Oh, I got a bit hot. Oh, all I want to say, I didn't say this. Is, all I wanted to say was, 
that's it's it shouldn't have been paid a free kick and i'm glad we had some common sense and uh, the reason i think it's different is i don't believe the umpire put his whistle away in that instance i thought it was simply coming down to and you see this often if a player doesn't necessarily realize that the umpire's called a free or it's happened like right as he's called the free and they kick the ball away and the team's gone give us 50 give us 50 the umpire will just go, no, nah, it's all right, boys. He, he didn't mean it. We'll just, we'll just bring it back. And in this mm. instance, he thinks they've won the game, so he's kicked the ball away. If it's, you know, during the game, I don't think he's kicking the ball into the crowd because the ball's gone over. It's specifically because yeah. the siren went in celebration. There's no need for him to be doing it for time wasting or anything. So I think common sense prevails where, yeah, by the letter of the law, he kicks the ball away. It's a free. But you see so many times in game them literally go, nah, it's, it didn't mean to kick it away or whatever. He didn't hear the whistle. It's fine. Bring it back. And I think mm-hmm. common sense prevailed. Whereas in our instance, I don't think it was him thinking, oh, the oh, side is gone, so I shouldn't pay a free kick. But yeah, that's my little talk about something that's not Carlton for once. <laughs> yeah. No, I got. I don't want to make it seem like they're similar <laughs> because all, all it was, it was just an umpiring yeah. decision on the, on the end of the game. Okay, yeah. Um, I agree. I agree mainly with what you say. The, the only thing I would say is you said he'd have no reason to do this at any other point of the game. But say, but say, I don't know, in the in the second quarter, they went on a bloody seven goal run. Um, yeah. the Swans. And then on and then that happened. Do you think they would have paid it? I don't know. I, I still don't think so, but I don't think he would have kicked the ball into the crowd because you only do that to did. celebrate. But if he did, if he, did, to, to if he just he was happy or he's like, whatever, yeah. kicks it away. Well, I feel like the context is different in that potentially because yeah. he's not celebrating. It's like, I don't know what you're doing, but I still, I feel like the common sense there is it's like, probably wouldn't have heard that, probably would have just heard the siren. So I'm not paying because yeah. I think it's a bit of a shit one to pay. Yeah. Nah, fair. Yeah. But let's get back into talking about Carlton. Love a little. Oh, yeah. Look at us. Navy you know, Blue Going Carlton. on a bit of a tangent. Uh, but. I want to get into a bit of positivity before we talk about what are we doing without Jacob Weedering. And that was that, look, we've seen, we've seen, I think we've seen enough this year to know that our game plan stacks up. Yep. And we're healthy when the list is there. <laughs> we are one of the best teams in the comp. I would dare to say that we're potentially a grand Bad. final team with a fully fit and our best footy's been up to that. So I don't think that's too crazy and too nuffy to say. And I think our ma- mentality when we've been on demand the past few weeks is just when tired, when everyone's injured, it's been incredibly strong. We kept fighting and we showed that again this okay. week. Were you incredibly, I don't want to talk about these, you know, honorable losses and things like that, but you really, were you proud of how we went about it knowing how undermanned we were? Absolutely. I was at the game with dad and shout out to him if he's listening. Uh, and it, we, I think we kicked a couple and he said, do you think these are junk time goals? And I said, we'll have to see if we kick any more. Because if we mm. start kicking more, they're not junk time goals. But if Collingwood run out of the top, then it is. Yeah. And yeah, I don't think it was. I mean, the the game was pretty much like it it was out of reach at stage yes. in that fourth quarter. Like we could have just absolutely put the cue in the rack mm. um, and we didn't. Oh God, it just kills me. I'm never going to uh, unsee that sauce shot on goal and how good that opportunity was. <laughs> Not that it was easy, but far out. 
like we put ourselves in the position yeah. to win the game um, and could have. Were you up? Did you think it was going through? Mate, I <laughs> the, the Collingwood chant like around the ground oh. down like 23 points was so loud. And I'm like, oh, God, there's still time here. So we'll see mm. what happens. Oh, mate, I was up. I was turned around. All the college supporters at the MCC would have loved it. Um, yeah. Gee whiz. Yeah. Yeah, it's I, – I, as soon as it came off his boot, I was just – knowing it was sauce too, I was like, oh, the oh, footy gods have done it for us, but wasn't to be. wasn't win. to be. Oh, it would have been. It, it definitely would have been. But I just think, yeah, the, the fact that this team's mentality has changed now – that last year, we lose that by God knows how much. They just, yep. they don't have that strength to just keep fighting. And regardless, you know, the next man up mentality, I, I really believe in what the coaches have been able to do with these, with this playing group. You know, I've sort of written a bit of a, maybe a little bit of a monologue. So I'll try to almost read it word for word here. Cause I think when I wrote it, I thought it was good. So I'll see what it's like. But look, <laughs> I'll let you know. <laughs> we'll find out. Uh, <laughs> look, we're going to lose some games. We'll win some games. I think whatever happens from here, you know, it's going to happen. We can't change it. If the worst happens, the season derails and we don't make finals because we don't have the cattle. I think I can live with it because I know we've finally got the right coaches, the right people at this club. The players are there. When everyone's up, we're one of the best teams in the competition. And I just, I, just, I believe that we'll just keep fighting till the end of this season, regardless of who's going to be out there. And I think that's what's making me most proud about this club at the moment is, yeah, we've lost a game you don't want to lose. You never want to lose to Collingwood. But the the it's not just effort because I think effort's always going to be there. But most teams, they don't always keep fighting to the end like that. And if we can do that every week, we're going to steal some games when we're down and not performing because we almost did it there. Mate, why did you bury that 41 minutes into the pot? <laughs> Let's run it I've back. got to get us up and open with that. <laughs> I'll splice it and, and we'll open with that one. I know my, I know my tagline this, this year has been just think back to where we were a year ago. Yes. And you and I were coming in to do this pod uh, after loss, after loss, after loss. So just think how different we are. Grim. Consider the players that were out there on the weekend. Like we're so upset about this loss, mm. um, a four-point loss where we would have won if we were healthy. Mm. And I think that... I've also been doing a bit of research for our sort of mid-season review that will come out oh, in the yes. buy. Don't worry. I know we don't have a game, but we'll, there'll still be plenty of content from us. And you betcha. I, that was such a positive run sheet coming into it. And now it's, it's, it's obviously changed a little <sighs> bit. But a bit of a spoiler for you. I uh, was going through basically where we're at now, where we were at this time last season Love. and comparing a few stats from where we are now to how we ended last season as well, just to see how far things have come. And it is absolutely insane. And to see so many stats that we were ranked 18th for in the competition that we're now like first <laughs> or second that you don't, I don't know how you can have that big a change in certain little key aspects in such a short time frame. Yeah. I've, I had to go back and look at some of this after the loss because it definitely brightened up my day a little bit and maybe a bit more positive coming into this episode review because it's clear, like I just sort of said, everything's there. We just need to be healthy. And there's just some times where you you just lose too much cattle. And I just I just hope that this season isn't isn't for nothing and we can keep striving forward. I hope plenty of people have listened to this stage. 
because mm. you've, you've dropped a couple of good nuggets there. So I love it. This is Thank great. you. Appreciate it. It's, it's good viewing. Uh, but let's uh, get negative. Let's get negative. I've been too right. positive after a loss in some ways. How do we replace Jacob Wiedering, Lockie? <sighs> well, there's a draft tomorrow, isn't there? There is. There is. And uh, if anyone <laughs> is listening to this now, feel free to uh, jump up on our YouTube channel. I've gone through and mm. done a bit of a review on all the different draft prospects that we may be picking up. I mm. got a bit carried away and there's quite a few in there, but I do think it is some good viewing. I <laughs> spent about you know, a week and a half researching, so I'm pretty sure I'm allowed to say I'm an expert on the mid-season draft oh, now. So absolutely. there's a bit of insight in there. But yeah, is that for you where you think it's all <laughs> going to come from? Literally just getting in taller bodies? I, I feel like it, it has to be. We, yeah. I mean, what you you ask Kemp to play a role yeah. like that? I mean, yeah. Mm, the the, the list of options is is shrinking. Put Sauce down there. Seen a few people tweet that. Love that. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Would you like to see him have a go down there, or are you? Is it again? You're just trying to move too many magnets around, and you start to lose Sauce's influence elsewhere. I think so at this stage. I mean, again, we've had we've one loss in the past five weeks now and obviously we, we have to replace weeders, but yeah, I, I wouldn't be doing too much crazy magnet work yet. <laughs> yeah, we'll I, see what I agree. We're talking about in a month. And it's, it's so hard to replace a guy like Weedering, best defender in the competition, and he's ranked number one yep. in all the stats and... I saw a nice thing from David King. He said that Weedering's been in 27 one-on-one contests in defensive 50. Can you tell me how many uh, marking contests he's, he's lost? How many? Sorry, I'll, I'll say that again. So he's had 27 yeah. one-on-one contests inside 50. How many times do you reckon he's been outmarked? It can't be more than two. Once. That is just Dumb. ridiculous. Dumb. It's, he's going at four percent. Losing it, that's just it's unbelievable. He, replacing that is tough. Like you, you lose your Lewis Young, and it's not good because there's no one else that can come in. But you immediately go, well, at least we've got Weedering because he can pretty much do anything you need. Yep. There's not a really person that can come in to do it that we have on the list. You mentioned Kemp. It's probably the only tool you have to maybe come in and just be a body. It's really just, it's going to come down to what the coaches have kind of said all year. Everyone's just got to have to play their part. We're going to need maybe mm. Doc to be a bit more intercepting, Plowman to play above himself a little bit, play a bit taller at times. Every single person is just going to have to put in that extra 10%. And we just got to hope that the, the coaches can figure out some sort of game plan that gives us the best chance. And weirdly enough, I finally believe in them. I think you, you do this last year and I go, mm. we're going to lose every game by 100 points. Whereas yeah, now, absolutely, I still think we're a chance in most games because I just I have so much belief in this in this group and the coaching. Coaches. Yeah. No, I'm so with you. It's just so hard when he's the, not to bring it yes. down because that was a very <laughs> nice positive sentiment. He is just that jet, get out of jail yeah. free card at like every opportunity. Like how I felt about Sadi in this mm. game where it's like if the ball went near Sadi, he was winning it, winning it, and that's how you feel about waiters. And yeah. the more guys like that we have, the yeah, the better we are. It's just the un- unfortunate truth of football, and you, you see it all the time. Like 
how many games have we won this season where comes down to crunch time and it's Weedering takes the intercept. It's Harry gets a great contested mark on the wing when you need it. Like you yep. need your best players to be out there because when things are tight, they they come out with the bits of magic. And it, the games, like the teams these these days are just so even, so close to each other. It, it's going to be tough. So I guess I have to ask the question. Your feelings on making finals and the rest of the season <laughs> changed since this injury? Because I've seen a lot of people say wow. it'll be tough to make finals. We're not making finals now. Has this changed your, I guess, sort of outlook on it all? I guess we hadn't really recalibrated on the entire season. Like we sat here a few weeks ago yeah. and we were like, let's predict our next few games. Um, yeah, I don't have the answer yet because... Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we still have. There's still a fair few teams in the top eight that we are yet to play, like your mm. Melbournes and your Brisbanes. Um, but should this should this be the thing that stops us from beating the Giants at home and Adelaide? Mm. Like, <clears throat> I would I would argue no. Uh, I would argue yep. that those games are, are are still within grasp. So I think that we'll still be playing finals. Have we thought that we were going to be playing top four legitimately? Like, I feel like you and I both have thought that's an outside chance at best, even mm. before this week. Um, so I still think we're in the fifth to eight, personally. I think so, too. I think that the way we've gone about it, that the wins we've been able to do, the position we're in, we can still afford a couple of losses here or there. There's enough. Mm. And we'll really go into depth, I think, in the mid-season review, going exactly. through the fixtures and trying to predict things. But I had a bit of a look previously and I still had us winning enough games to make finals. And if you if you want to look at the positive side, this is another great chance for us to maybe find a couple of hidden gems to you know keep building mm. the resilience because coming to that back end of the season, you'll have Harry coming back, Pitnet back, Weedering. Like they're all going to come back just at yeah. that right time that if we're able to really dig deep in this next month or so, we're going to be completely primed for finals. And I think if we can do it, it's going to be incredibly exciting. Yep. No, for sure. I'm still optimistic, but yeah, mm. just another interesting challenge that we get to watch the boys go through. It is. Uh, we've talked on this game for longer than I imagined, but there's probably yeah, one player yeah. I'd love to get your thoughts on. He finally got his his game this My season, man. young Paddy Dow. How do you think he went? Like, did you did you rate his game? I've seen some mixed uh, reviews so far. I think he probably was slightly better than I expected, and I wasn't okay. expecting and I wasn't expecting heaps. Yeah. Um, he definitely got the opportunity um, to be around the ball a lot. Like he was playing the role that we hoped that he would play. I yes, think, if he if he got a game, which is good. That's a tick. Um, he was getting his hands on the ball. Tick. Um, just not sure how effective it was in terms of our overall um, strategy, I yeah. suppose. Um, I think he'll be – I think if Kennedy's not right in after the bye, like I think yeah. he'll keep his spot. Uh, I don't think it's like a one game in, but I want to see more. I agree. And – I was always going to kind of think with Paddy Dow, I'm not just going to go, okay, that's one game and that's what I'm going to think of you because there is that jump up from VFL and everyone kind of needs a bit of continuity. Uh, Hearing some AFL footballers talk about it, I've always said you need a bit of a stretch of games to get your confidence to find your feet. And early I thought he was pretty good, getting his hands on the footy, winning a few clearances. 
But I agree. I just don't think he was probably effective enough. Those clearances weren't amazing at times. I felt some of his disposals were just give the ball to someone else. I don't want to sort of create it. And that's fine. He has the 21 disposals. Um, Went at 76%, which was a lot better than I I think I thought. Um, Yep. Had the five clearances. So he went okay. But I think, yeah, if he... If he wants to keep his spot for when Kennedy is right, he probably had to do a little bit more for me. I hope we do see him at some stage get a bit of a run at it because I'd love to see yeah, what he's able I to do. But, yeah, I think that game we definitely needed Kennedy's marking and probably someone else that when we were struggling to win the contested ball, we just needed a cleaner pair of hands that could grab it out of the contest. And he probably just wasn't that, that player for us, which it's maybe just not his game. Yeah. Uh, and the other the other positive I will say on him was I, I felt a difference in physicality than I yes, had from him I in agree. the past. Um, like some strong tackling. Like he just felt a bit bigger and a bit more, mm. you know. Um, yeah, I felt him a bit more impactful in that way. Mm. But no, it's not it's not the Kennedy level yet. Mm. And, and you're right. There's so many things of Kennedy that we missed. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I, I think, I'm optim- yeah. I'm open I'm open to the idea of of Kennedy coming into this team and him not going out um, and that and us being able to work the magnets in that way. Um, I'm optimistic that there's a scenario where that happens, um, but it's not super clear. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I think you summed it up really well. And I was earlier in the season talking about that. I think the final evolution is a Kennedy out, a Dow yep. in for just different aspects, but I don't know. I'm not too sure. It's a tiny sample size, but gee, we still missed someone to win it out of the coalface. And maybe if you have a Cripper doing that a bit more, not rucking as much, maybe that changes things a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's there's definitely a bit to work on there. And who knows? I guess we'll see. Let us know in the comments and tweet at us. What did you make of Paddy Dow's game? Were you happy enough? Do you think he still needs to work on things? Where do you sit with him? Because he's the he's the big enigma of the Carlton Football Club at the moment. A lot talked about, and uh, at least he finally got a chance when it, when an injury happened. Um, did you have any last talking points on the game before we sort of get into the votes? <laughs> Let's vote it up. I think that's it from me. Unless you did. I mean, I. It's not long. I'll be as quick as possible on this. There's always something I can chat about, but it was just talking about. Collingwood being the the baby pies and how it was such a valiant effort for them to be <laughs> a top four Blues team. I'll just throw out some stats for you. Pies average games played was 109. Our average games played was 76. Uh, they had seven players under 22. We had 11. They had eight players, 28 and older. We had three and they're all 28, 29. So I think that just sort of sums up like it. that we're a little bit undermanned. We're playing a real young team at the moment. And the, the fact that we've played so well with all these youngsters, it's definitely credit to us and the Collingwood. Mm. Gee, I reckon when a couple of those players retire, they are going to fall down quickly. Yeah, I'm with you. And and yeah, like like you mentioned earlier about Carol, like we, it is important. Some of these things we're repetitive on, but it is important to remind yourself that when we're a bit down on these guys and, and talking about like the bottom six performers, there's still these guys that have played less than a full season. Yes, footy, legit. In like Carol, Mutlop, Dirds. <laughs> so we're we're not we're not saying that we're off them or anything. Um, yes, we're, we're still we're still so inexperienced in so many areas, which is why you and I didn't think at the start of this season that this was the year that we are a contender anyway. Like that was 
that was the whole idea for us at the start of this season. So, yeah. 100%. So, look, let's let's finish talking about this game, get into some fan votes. And the fans came out in full force. They gave the one vote to Adam Chera, who that's probably his best game I think he's played for us. We didn't talk hmm. about him much, um, but I was very impressed with what we saw from Chez, particularly in that first half. They gave two votes to Adam Saad, and they gave the three to Sammy Walsh. He's absolutely back at it, playing some ripper football. Um, who did you give your votes to, Lockie? I say this every week. The fans and I are aligned. Uh, just went a different order for me. I gave the one to Walshy, two to Chez, and then three to just, as I said before, the human get-out-of-jail-free card because some of the marking he was doing in this game, he's oh. add, added that to it. Like, what more can this man <laughs> add to his game? So three votes to Sadi for me. Yeah. Oh, Sard's just – he's miraculous. I Maybe stiff. I only gave him the one. Um, yeah. But – is closing speed. He'll be 10 metres away from a contest. The ball is a centimetre from the opponent's hands and somehow he ends up with it. And you go, how did you get from there to there and get that ball? I, he's just, he's not human. Um, unfortunately, I've only given him the one. I gave two to, to Kerno. I, I thought his influence hmm. on the game was one of the big reasons that we were able to stay in it and he kicked goals when we really needed him to. And then I gave the three to Walsh. He just thought he was exceptional exceptional all day. Uh, do you have some um, fan questions for me, Lockie? I was going through them. And, gee whiz, yep. we, we cover the hot topics because so many of these we answer before we even – Realize. So I'll get. Maybe we should do them at the. Maybe we should do them at the start of the episode. Get into them first. Maybe we need to do an internal review of the podcast structure. (laughs) No, no, it's going well. Dom in the den. Does Dow hold his spot? Yes or no? If Kennedy is fit, no. If Kennedy really is not ready. Um. Sorry, I can't even remember what I said. Look, if Kennedy's fit, he comes back in. Dow out. (laughs) If it's the opposite, the opposite. <laughs> Interesting. So Next. it stays in if Kennedy's not up to it. What about you? No, 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 no. We're going Ian rapid fire with these questions. Because <laughs> everybody okay. knows that I just agree with you anyway. Because I don't agree with that one. Um, so maybe, you want to keep Dow in? I, no, I'm not saying I want to, but I think I, I, I okay. just do not see them taking him out after one game. I feel like that would Fair. be crazy, especially after the fact that he's played 10 weeks in the twos um, for one 21 disposal game and then out. That seems wild. Um, there you go. Baby's got disagreeing. the bends. Yeah, I know. Exactly. We'll see if we disagree on this one. Baby's got the bends. Should Jason spend the week off practicing his backline skills? So give me yes or no to Jason having some time in the backline against the Bombers. I don't want to see it. Is that enough of an answer? I don't know whether yeah. they will, but I don't. I don't want to see it. I we've, we've thrown him everywhere. No, thank you. I put someone else there. I want to see Jasos kicking goals, please. Anthony, the lone wolf ant. Simple question: How do we cover weedering? So I want to know: Do you think that in our next match we're going to be replacing him with somebody not currently on the list, or do you think it'll be somebody on the list? That's the hardest thing. And it was something I wanted to have a bit of a discussion on. Like, sure. Have, I think the, probably the answer is yes. It's going to have to be someone we get in the mid-season draft. But do you think that that's enough time 
for someone <laughs> to come in and learn the game plan. Like, I don't Good genuinely question. know. If it is, please bring him in. Anyone over 190 centimeters, I don't care who it is. If they've ever kicked a footy, bring him in. <laughs> That's my sort of thoughts. It's I good that we have the, the buy. Nine days? Nine yeah, days? Is that enough? I mean, punch, spoil, <laughs> be 195 centimeters. You can just stand in this square. I'm going to, you know, spray paint on the field for the whole game. Do it. Keep it simple. <laughs> Next question. Yeah, let's go. I like the rapid fire. Even you though like this, you know me. I'm not. I'm not rapid. I uh, I like to take my no, time no. on the questions. I'm, I'm I'm glad we did the internal review. This is working well. Adam G. Uh, this is going to be a bit of a hindsight question, but maybe you had thoughts before the game. So try and take your bias out of it. Um, he said, "Jack Martin Carol- played." Is that the one? <laughs> Next question. <laughs> he should have. We think- just. No, 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 but uh, would Martin or Kemp? Uh, I said Martin should, on like hey, last week's podcast, I said Martin should spend a week in the twos. Yep. Upon reflection, during the week before the game actually happened, particularly when Kennedy was out, all I could think was we need Martin in that team because we need a marking target. And yep. we didn't have that. I get why they probably put Martin in the twos to get a bit of a run rather than playing there. And was Kemp the sub the week before? Yep. I think you just have to give him a game. That's that's why I wouldn't probably have made him the sub because how many weeks can you have a youngster that's needing game time sitting on the pine? Uh, So that's the hardest thing. But I I don't know. I don't think Carroll was the right choice either. Yeah. But it's easy to Fair enough. Good to see you've uh, pre-screened the questions just to make sure that I'm uh, <laughs> picking the right ones. I'm happy I was correct because that would have been so awkward if I had just gotten it completely wrong. Yeah, that would have been very rude. Very rude. <laughs> um, I'm just saying I want a, a good closing question that takes us into next week. Um, maybe this one here from Alchemy Blue. Um, similar context to that previous question, we severely lacked marking ability in attack. Yeah. Um, so they want to see Martin come in and, and Kennedy come in, um, but they've listed Motlop um, as the one to come out mm. for Martin. Um, mm. Maybe this will lead us into our uh, discussion about next week, but is there any other guys that come to mind as it's it's time for a break? Not that we have a plethora of options with all our injuries, but did you get that vibe watching the game from anyone? Definitely Carol. If that's Me too. probably a given anyway, I personally want to keep those three smalls. Weirdly enough, I do like what they bring, and without having that second key tall, I think that's probably the way to go. And I believe you can have Martin in there along with mm-hmm. that. A weird thing I didn't expect from the team selection was for us to go the three outside players in Cottrell yes. Nunes. Um, I'm gonna bring that up. Yeah, and O'Brien because normally we've only run with two of them was interesting that Nunes was a straight in after mm. missing with an injury. I know his form had been good, but I think that you, what I'd probably do is get rid of one of those, which as much as I didn't love what Cottrell was doing defensively, ceiling-wise, I'm going to keep Cottrell in. I think he's been a bit more effective than Nunes. So go yep. Cottrell, O'Brien on the wings, and then Nunes, my man that I always seem to kick out of the team, uh, <laughs> he comes out and... Uh, yeah, my boy Jackie Martin comes in. Mm. Okay, cool. That wraps it up. Beautiful. Let's go home. No, we've still got a 
little bit to chat about. Uh, we do. Okay. We have been calling out um, on on this podcast to review the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, oh. and you guys have done it in droves, and I have finally actually go. checked out the word reviews because you can actually type a response on Apple Podcasts, and currently <laughs> we are doing well for the five stars, don't have many written reviews, and we want to hear them, and there is one, so we're going to read it out here, Lockie. It Love is this. from... KO God, he says he's given us four out of five stars. So I'll be interested to see why we only got the four. Maybe we'll find out. It says oh. it's a long one. It says Can I just say, we, we, Yep. I don't, I don't want the, I don't want this to be a precedent for leaving sub five star reviews. <laughs> I think if if you're leaving four stars, you're not normally getting that read out. That's fair to say. Yeah. Okay. Right. Fair enough. Yeah. If you hate the five podcast and you want to talk rubbish, give us five stars and then write the abuse. Because then yeah. we'll read it out. But you have to Email give us... Email us the abuse and leave five stars. <laughs> it just has to be five stars. Whatever you write, <laughs> doesn't matter. Uh, so exactly. here we go. We got one from KO God. He says, mostly good podcast. The hosts actually seem to enjoy footy and Carlton as opposed to most in the media who complain constantly. So love a True. bit of that. Uh, they also give in-depth analysis of all players, which can be helpful if you don't know the roles of some. Thank you, mate. This is where the... This is where the backhanded compliment comes in. He says the biggest <laughs> negative and why this podcast can't get five stars is that it is always late. Um, as a review for the previous game, it is released closer to the next game and you've already moved on. If they could release each episode within two days of the game, it would be a five-star podcast. So I'm happy we've gotten the reason. And honestly, he's not he's not wrong. <laughs> not wrong there. Uh, and it's funny that it's happened again. We were meant to record last night. We've stretched it out. We're recording on Tuesday and it's coming out late again. Uh, it is something we try to do, get it out as soon as we can. Unfortunately, uh, getting the two of us are apparently the busiest men in the world for some reason. And we can never rely on our schedules, but we will try because we want those five-star reviews. And yeah, if you're out there listening, drop them because if it's five stars, we will read it on this podcast. But now, has to be five. If it's four, not happening. <laughs> Um, well, maybe maybe this can be part of our internal review, which will the internal review of the podcast, which we'll have to do in the break as well, because uh, I'll be heading off overseas for a few weeks uh, coming up. So maybe that'll that'll show. You know, is the podcast coming out on a Sunday night when I'm not here? Am I the issue, or you know, is it even later in the week? We'll see. It'll be a nice little experiment. We'll see who oh, the put- uh, who the issue is. I'll start putting them out on game day. Just <laughs> the wrong game. Beautiful. That's definitely me. <laughs> but, okay, last thing. I know we've gone for ages, but we need to touch on the mid-season draft. Again, I've done a bit of a, a video on YouTube of this. So if you want this in a lot of depth, there's about 20 or something minute on our YouTube. If the draft hasn't happened already whenever you're listening to this, or if not, and we've selected someone, go back and hear a bit about them. So I thought yeah, I'd just do a real exactly. quick one <laughs> on this and throw up a couple of guys. Lockie, you can have a look. You can ask me a couple of questions because sure. it is so clear and that we need a defender, don't we, Lockie? Huh. Wouldn't mind one. And uh, so we've got the two. It's not bad. So we've got the two picks. Before we go into the players, what do you want to do or what would you be planning to do with the picks? Two defenders, a defender and a forward. What what would you like to see us do? Wow. I mean, that's a really hard question considering I do not know the players that are out there like you do. I'm not an expert. Um, 
Wowie. I mean, yeah, that's. I, I'm open to both. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna yep. lock myself in. I, I think obviously well, a defender is a must, but I think depending on who's there, I'm open. Easy. So I'll try to quickly run through these guys. You've obviously got this man who has been so heavily linked to us. It is not funny. It is, of course, Sam Durden. He's a key defender. Yeah. Um, if you listen to this in podcast form, I've got them up on the screen on YouTube along with – it's the same slides as you'll see on the actual YouTube video. So if you're not able to see it because you're listening to this on whatever streaming service, <laughs> apologies. I'll try and read out as much as I can. Um, but, yeah, he's 26, so that mature age, 198 centimetres. He's a tall boy. Playing at Glenelg, played 22 games for North, averaging the 14.9 disposals, 5.4 marks. I'm so getting plenty of it. And going at 84% disposal efficiency. So it can use the ball hmm. as well. AFL experience. Is he a winner for you, Lockie? Lock him in. Just what we <laughs> needed. Another dirts. BT's man. I think so. Exactly. Look, I think he's perfect fit just because we need someone right now that can come in and play. Someone who's got the height, right age. The fact that he's been in an AFL system, he's yeah, already played some say. games, it's just going to be so much easier for him to learn the game plan. And if we need someone to come in in a week, it's going to be him. And, yeah, the fact he uses the ball well, it's hopefully quite a good thing for us. So the next player is Mutaz Noor from the Northern Bull Ants. He's another key defender, 20 wow. years of age, bit smaller, 192 centimetres, super agile, um, intercept marker, Averaging the 17.7 disposal, 6.2 marks. Do you like the look of this man? Oh, boy, do I. Northern Bullants, we love the sound of that. Um, I guess, yeah, the, the biggest question for me and something that I'm not super clear on with how the mid-season draft kind of thing works, when's our first pick again? Remind us. I do not know the exact number of the selection. So, so thanks for throwing me out of the bus go. with that one. Expert. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. I guess the point that I'm trying to make is, like, is do you feel like there's a chance that someone like a Durden's just going to go and, and we don't we don't even think he's going to be there because we're not high up on yeah. the, the list? We're definitely not because we finally actually won some games of football and we're actually sitting pretty yeah. big up on the ladder. So that's definitely the good thing. Um, that yeah. I don't think that Durden will be gone. Wouldn't surprise me if this man is because he's yeah. got a really high ceiling and normally a lot of teams look to get that guy. My issue with him, why I don't think we will select him, even if he is available, is simply a bit short. Yeah, he's got the leap and can be that intercept, but I think we need a key tall and we need someone who is 100% ready to go. Currently, that is just... It's just not him, really, which is unfortunate. And our first pick is pick 13. So a couple yeah, of picks before, go. but we do at least have a second. Yep. Yep. Love it. No, we're no on worries. the dirt train for now. Um, another guy. Here we go. Callan Dawson, key defender, 24 years old, 194 centimeters, playing at Williamstown. Another strong intercept defender, 12.5 disposals, 6.6 marks, bit of a rebounder. So he likes to intercept and move mm. the ball forward. Wasn't getting a game because Charlie Dean was there. He's now on Collingwood. Bit more of a mature player. He's got the height. What do you think of big Callan? Yeah, love the look of Callan. 2,494 centimetres and a rebound threat. I mean, that's that's ticking boxes for me. If we go the, the two-defender route, um, yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, he's definitely someone I'm pretty high on. Uh, he's probably not as good as Durden at the moment. But I think he has that ceiling. And I saw someone say that potentially North is going to pick him with their second pick. So that's thrown my selections Jeez. out of the way. But 
Yeah, he's definitely would be a decent option if one of ours aren't available, I, I would I would assume. Going into the next yeah, cool. is James Blank, 22 years old, 195, playing for Box Hill. Real strong marking defender, even though he only averaged 2.8 so far this year. Interestingly, this guy was wanted as a train-on player by Hawthorne, but he didn't nominate for the draft, so he wasn't able to be. So AFL clubs rate him. What do you think of this man? Has been linked with us as well. Linked with us. Great. Number 67 on the jersey. You love to see that. Um, yeah, not not a whole lot. Obviously, it looks a bit younger than the other yeah. guys that you've spoken about. But um, look, um, this is a very exciting time, isn't it? It's exciting that we're mm. going to be uh, hopefully taking a couple of selections here. Yeah. I think this guy's a bit more down my pecking order, but I think you can do a lot worse if your mm. number one and two, three priorities all go out the door and you have to get a guy like him. I think he's a decent option. Wouldn't, su- wouldn't surprise me if Hawthorne choose him though, but if he's available with our second, I don't mind it, but maybe we want a bit more versatility. So we'll jump to the next one as a, he's my breaking case of emergency, this man. If all the other <laughs> defenders are taken, we'll bring in Michael Hartley because uh, he's 28 years old, 198 centimetres, currently playing for Collingwood in the VFL, played 44 games for Essendon, five for Hawthorne. Look, his form's not great. If you're looking at his stats there, nine disposals, two marks. But if you need an AFL experienced defender, he's your man. So, yeah, uh, he's breaking case of emergency for me. If you told me this man was still on Essendon's list, I would have absolutely <laughs> believed you. <laughs> no offense to I'm surprised they're not going to pick him up. He probably would slot straight in, to be honest. Be best on. 100%. Uh, next one is Jackie Maybaum. I think you pronounced that one. 24 uh-huh. years old, a little bit shorter at 193, playing for Coburg. Was a Sydney Swans listed player. Didn't ever play a game. Did his ACL, yeah, okay. so a little bit injury issues there. 15.6 disposals, oh. 6.3 marks. So he definitely is that intercept defender at his height. Honestly, one of the best VFL defenders, in my opinion. He's gone away after um, playing on Sydney's list for a little bit. Gone away. Interesting. Really good player. I just don't think he's exactly what we need. If Wiedering was fit, I think there's a chance we take him because I think he's got a bit of a ceiling there and maybe Sydney were a bit premature to get rid of him. But, yeah, I think he's just a bit short for our needs at the moment. It's hard for me to get past biases just looking at the the numbers and the fact that they were on a list. Because it's like, okay, if you're on an AFL list, like that's where we're at now. We're not looking for someone who's going to be a future, you know, premiership team player here. Oh, um, then you're going to love the next guy. It is Max Ramsden, Matt. 19 years of old. <laughs> of old, gee, I can't speak English. 19 years old, 202 centimetres, currently Playing for Sandringham um, in the uh, in the TAC Cups, if they still call it that, got no idea. Um, he's the best young draft prospect out there at the moment. Fourteen point five disposals, nineteen hit outs. The big ruckman. He is showing massive improvement since his draft year, which he didn't get drafted in. Obviously, he's the big one that a lot of people are talking about, but he yeah. is just not ready to go at the moment. He could be the next superstar ruck of the comp. I imagine he'll get selected in this, if not next year's national draft. Yeah. Unfortunately, because of Weedering's gone down, I thought we might stash a player. I don't think we can afford to do that at this stage. 
You don't want to see Max lining up on two meter in a couple of weeks? <laughs> I'd love to see it. Actually, he'd probably just get killed though because he's, he's just not up to it just yet. But watch out. I called it here first. All Australian Ruckman in about six years, I reckon, this bloke. Bang. Bang. <laughs> Lock it in. Big call. Uh, next is a bit more experienced in the Ruck department. If you're looking for Ruckman, someone to come in for Pitt, it is 22-year-old Bryn Teekle which is an interesting name. Uh, yeah, I love it. It's up for it with that stash. Uh, 203 centimetres from East Frio. Developing Ruckman, but a bit more experienced, at least he's in the sand for playing against men. 14.7 disposals, 16.8 hitouts, and he has been spending a bit of time forward. Him and the other Ruck forward have been sort of splitting it a little bit, which is why his hitouts uh-huh. aren't insane at the moment. And he's averaging a goal a game. So, yeah, can go a bit forward. Maybe him and TDK can uh, go yeah. together and switch it around a little bit. I like it. Bryn Teekle. Yeah, I'm liking can this option. This is good. Teekle in the navy blue. I really can. I really can. I think he'd be a nice little fit next to TDK. Yeah, I think just a bit of versatility is what I'm after. So, I yeah. don't mind that if he's available at the two. But I hope the next slide is who I think it is. And it is. It is the man who I would take <laughs> with this second selection. It is former Brisbane Lions player, star, if you want to call him that. I'm sure the uh, publications will. They always tend to do that. Yep. Played two games, so of course he's a star. Uh, Connor Ballenden is a – look, he, he was a young forward prospect coming through the draft. Brisbane really played him as a defender and he wasn't really good as a key defender. Played a bit right. of ruck. Now he's playing for Woodville West Torrens. He's 23 years old, uh, 200 centimetres, playing mainly as a ruckman, to be honest. Uh, 16.9 disposals, 19.6 hitouts, averaging, and he's averaging a goal a game. So he's still kind of doing a bit of a ruck forward split. What I like about him and why I would take him is he's got the height, he's got the experience. He's a little bit older, bigger body, mm-hmm. playing well um, in the sandful, and it's just versatility. Getting a ruckman that I think can come in straight away. I think he's a bit better than Teekle, a bit more mature, and I think he's more likely to come in and be that number one ruck over a TDK, so he can go forward. Uh, but just wow. knowing that he can play forward if you need him to, and look, he wasn't great, but if you need him to go down back, he's experienced it there under an AFL system. I just think experience-wise, which is what we're needing, we're needing height, maturity, experience. Him and Durden are the two that tick the most boxes for me. Love it. So so let's say that we go Durden and Balandin. We managed to do yep. that. You, you think there's a, a real chance that they would be playing him as the number one option? Like, Even though I kind of said it, not necessarily, but I think he has the best chance to while Pitt's out, take mm. over the number one ruck, whereas I'm not sure Tickle sure. could. I can yeah, see yeah. a world, to steal your ism, uh, where he <laughs> would be able to come in and do that. Just be, I think he's a bit more experienced, and I think mm. he's been playing that that little bit better. Um, so, that, yeah, but I think it's just versatility for me. I can definitely see us going two defenders with the picks, but I'd like us to go that defender and then someone that can maybe cover a few different places and knowing he can yeah. kind of play all three, it, it probably excites me um, out of all of them. So I'll try to rapid fire the next few because they're really not guys I think we will select. Um, so there's those, are, everyone I've gone through already, probably the big ones 
for us to get. Um, but we got this guy, Jacob Bauer. He's sort of a medium key forward. He's 191 centimetres, so a little bit smaller. He's 19, so a bit more developing, playing at North Adelaide. He's, but he's super athletic. He sort of makes up for his height. 8.5 disposals averaging, so not a lot. But 2.7 goals he's averaging. So he's kicking a lot of snags. He, he kicked 13-4 in his first three games this season. Ended up kicking, I think, 15 goals in five games. So he sort of tailed off a little bit. But no one he can go absolutely berserk and play above his height. There's talks that he can even develop because of his marking ability into an intercept defender. So he can maybe play a bit of both, but I just think he's a little bit too young and I definitely think he's going before we get a chance to even look at him. I think he's going high in this draft. Yep, that's fair. And and like it's just, yeah, so much of what I'm, you know, I'm no expert like you, but so much of this is about what we need right now. Yeah. Like I'm not, I, as I said before, I'm not thinking about these guys as being the ones that are mm. going to be on our list for years. Yeah. Um, so we don't we don't need this right now, in my opinion. This this kind of Ooh. the, the me, more medium size. I agree. I, I before Weider, reading Weidering's injury, I would have liked us to experiment a bit with the second pick. I'm just not sure we can. Oh, I just remembered going back to Ballenden, one that's going to make it interesting, and why I believe he could be available with our second pick is you can if you're an ex AFL listed player, you can sort of pick. You can have some demands. His demand is he doesn't just want the basic contract, which is till the end of the season. He wants an 18-month contract. So you've got if you want him, you've got to have him on your list until the end of next season. And he's also put financial um, demands on there. Don't they haven't specified exactly what that is, but you're gonna to have to pay up a little bit more for him, which means we might not select him, but it also might mm. mean other teams don't. So he is available later for us. Does that Turn you off a little bit for him, knowing that he's not just a stockgap player. Mm. Nah, not at all. We love a demanding man. We love that. Coro knows what he wants. Get him in. He does. I like it. <laughs> Beautiful. So you'll love this man. You'll remember Jesse. him. Jesse Glass McCasker is 25, 196 centimeters, playing for our VFL team, formerly listed yeah. with Carlton from 2016 to 2018. Didn't play a game at that stage. 8.6 disposals he's averaging this year with 0.4 goals playing primarily as a key forward, which is horrendous stats, to be honest. Uh, was a key defender uh, drafted as has gone away, playing a bit more of his key forward role, kicked seven goals from nine games for Footscray last year, only the three from seven so far for us. Has been playing a bit of ruck. So at least versatility, this guy can play defender forward ruck. And we'd, we'd know him the best because he obviously played for us previously. Mm. He's in our reserves. It wouldn't surprise me if we go him because we kind of know him. But yeah. no offense to Jesse. I just don't think he's in any form that warrants a reselection up to the AFL. And yeah, I, I just, I'm not sure he's 100% up to it compared to some other guys that are maybe performing better and are younger mm. or have a higher ceiling. Fair enough. Yeah, but you, you make a good point. There is the it's a very different element, the fact that he's already around mm-hmm. the club and, and is known like that. So yeah, it wouldn't surprise me, but you, mm-hmm. your reasoning makes sense. Got the last one. He is small. It is Will Hayes, the midfielder, twenty-six years old, one eighty-one centimeters, playing for our reserves. Formerly on the dogs, played eleven games, currently dominating the VFL. He's been 
better than Paddy Dow, to be honest. 31.7 disposals, 4.3 tackles, 4.9 marks is averaging. So getting around the ground, doing everything he can to get a reselection. If we didn't have Weedering out, wouldn't have surprised me for us to go a midfielder. Mm. Might seem a little bit strange because we have so many, but we only have one that isn't playing. Like Paddy Dow had been the one in the VFL. We really don't have anyone else. So I thought it's not it's never too bad to have too many midfielders. If Dow goes at the end of the season, which people are speculating he might get traded away, we wouldn't have any depth. And Tinfoil hat on. Last season, Murkov didn't play the last few games before the midseason draft. Will Hayes hasn't played the last two weeks. Wow. That's that's really good. Mm. The tinfoil. So who knows? But yeah, I think again, like I've repeated about 30 times. We probably need two tools now, so he probably is maybe a bit stiff, but he could be one that we get because we we know exactly what he is. Mate, no other midfielders. Put some respect on the other will. Come on. You've already <laughs> forgotten about your man. Yeah. Sorry, mate. That's all right. <laughs> but um, apart from setters, yeah, gee, there's not too many other midfielders in there. But look, that yep. is sort of all the guys. I've gone in a bit more depth. Uh, in a video on YouTube. So feel free to check that out. Has it changed your opinion on what you kind of want to go, Lockie? Defend up, maybe go forward, or what are you thinking? You know that I'll, that your word is gold to me, mate. So if it's Connor and Sam, let's make it happen. I think that the, the most interesting part for me is just whether whether we see them or not. Like mm. it's, it was that, that situation last year. Um, with Murkov and and Boydie, mm. Boydie's you know obviously they've both they've both yeah. been signed up, um, and Boydie's had a bit of a crack. So it'll be interesting to see if we mm. do actually use these guys or whether they're really like yeah. um, breaking case. Yeah, I think ideally you probably want a few guys like some that I've mentioned, like your your Jacob Bauer types, your Bryn Teekles, your Max Ramsdens, um, your James Blank. Those guys that are a little bit younger in the early 20s, if not a bit younger than that, that you can develop, that you don't really have to risk them being out there. But mm. I just don't think we're in that position anymore. We don't have anyone other than what Brody Camp, Domakui, are they like the only tools that aren't injured at the yeah. moment? We've got a March bank coming back from Legit. injury that has played six quarters of football in three years, who's still coming back from a bit of a knee niggle. You've got Alex Murkov, Bit green, he's still kind of injured with his yep. ankle, Achilles, whatever he had. Yep, there's just no one else, so I think we're just going to be forced to play these guys. Interesting thing will be how early that is and how quick they can learn the AFL system. I don't yeah. know how early that is, but I think at least one of them will play either first week after the bye or the week after that. Yep, I think you're right. Too easy. So, look, that's pretty much going to wrap this one up. Uh, we'll be back next week with a bit of a mid-season review. We'll be able to review the uh, – Jeff said review a bit there – the uh, mid-season drafts to say who we've actually selected. And hopefully I've picked a couple there. I hope there are no names that I haven't got because I'm going to have to go back and do another week oh, of imagine. research. We don't like that. Uh, but, yes, look – Thanks for sticking with us. Um, if there's anything you want to see from the mid-season review, anything, any questions you have, drop them in the comments, tweet at us, email us. Um, socials are at Navy Blue Corner. Remember to like, subscribe. We get get those five-star reviews in. 
and please give us some give us some writing because I want to read something out. So please do that, and we will be back here next week. So yeah, thanks for sticking by us. See you guys next time.